FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 94 of the podcast that goes snick. Snick. We're your host, Jason and Denise Venable. And we're here for Three Months to Die, Part 2. Shouldn't we be at Two Months to Die? Not yet. Oh. It's still the same month. Double shipping, baby. Oh. But before we get to the comics, we have some uh, house cleaning to do. I dusted, I swear. No. <laughs> we have some listener response to get to. Oh. Yeah. All right. So last episode, we talked about um, the Days of Future Past movie. Yes. And, uh... Fat Gunter on Facebook kind of called us out a little bit, or mostly me. What'd you do? So he was talking about that he can't believe that on a Wolverine podcast, Uh-oh. we missed the fact of how similar the scene where uh, Magneto put all the steel like rods in Wolverine, uh-huh. like, picked them up and stuff, like how much, how similar that was to the comics when Magneto took out Wolverine's adamantium. Back in the 90s. And I gotta admit, it's kind of my bad. I think he was just giving me a hard time, but, no, but still. No, he called you out. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm busted. I, I shouldn't have realized, because it is very evocative um, of that scene. And evocative? Yeah. I gotta look that up. Okay, look it up. New word every day, folks. <laughs> it's a real one, too. Oh, you didn't make this one up? <laughs> no, no. Anyway, yeah, so there's definitely some similarities um in those two scenes and just I mean it's honestly if you think about it I mean besides some of the story after it not being super great the Magneto pulling out Wolverine's adamantium is like one of the biggest moments in Wolverine's life right I mean we had that whole thing where he went primal after that which eh, you know in a couple of years we'll get to that in the flashback and I'll reread all that and I don't remember loving all of that but anyway we'll get there but yeah and so it's definitely kind of the biggest piece of history between Wolverine and Magneto. And so, yeah, when we, when we have the movie, kind of the climax of, of Magneto fighting Wolverine, it would have made sense to connect the dots there. So I blew it! You blew it! But, you know, whatever. You got a new episode now. <laughs> um, and also, David, hooray! Which, um, <laughs> I, really apo- I apologize if, if, if I'm unoriginal and uh, lame in doing that, but I can't help but say your name with an exclamation point. Um, <laughs> and you can return the favor. You can get back at me. You can say mine with a question mark. Jason, Jason Venable? <laughs> anyway, he asked what our thoughts were on the uh, Death of Wolverine miniseries that's coming up. We kind of talked about it before, but we can go over some of the highlights again. I'm actually a little more trepidatious. Is that a word? I may, yes. may, I may have made that one up. No, I think it's a word. Okay. Then I was because, and we'll talk about it more as we get into Wolverine number nine. I really kind of feel like Cornell's story is starting to go somewhere. And it's starting to turn away from maybe him dying, which he's hinted at in the press. Kind of said that he didn't really, and the part of the reason he's not doing the miniseries. It's because he didn't It's because his story doesn't really end with Wolverine's death. I have a little bit of a feeling that he's going to have this, either he's going to have to change his story to fit what Marvel wants to do, or or his story is probably going to have kind of a big emotional impact at the end. I'm a little worried that the Death miniseries will have too different of a tone. 
Okay. You know, filling or disjointed. That said, the creative team on the miniseries, Charles Soule and Steve McNiven, are, are very capable of hitting a home run. So it may not matter in the end. They may tell a great story. And at the end of the day, that's the most important part. Right. But I do have a little bit mixed feelings about, about the creative switch. Uh, the other thing I have mixed feelings about is obviously Wolverine is my favorite character. So the idea of him dying. Yeah, him not being around is going to kind of be a bummer. But I, I think kind of the timing is right if it has to be done. This is a good time to do it. You think? And we've talked about before, um, you know, even though he's my favorite character, even I kind of get tired of how overexposed he is. Yeah. You know, we yeah. have a lot of comics we do in the podcast. Though I will say his random guest appearances are, are not as often. It did seem like and there he were, was in Yeah, in the 90s, the you like just would show up all over the place for I no reason. Pizza. Who's got yeah. beer? Right. Whereas now it's mostly at least, he's still on too many teams, but most of his appearances are related to those teams. He sounds like an adrenaline junkie. So anyway, it'd be nice to, to see him actually like disappear for a while if they actually let him do that. Of course, like we've talked about before, there's no reason he would actually disappear with all your flashback tales and Savage Wolverine. I mean, you have a character that even if he's dead, because of his long history and because a lot of it is unexplored, there's still tons of stories you can tell that he doesn't have to be alive for. And there's alternate universe Wolverines. Yes, that too. And in fact, David uh, pointed that out with, you know, the current Uncanny Avengers story, which we'll talk about at, towards the end of the podcast. But anyway, so even though he's my favorite and I would miss him, I, I think if they actually let us miss him, it can be a good thing. Because then he can come back. With and, a vengeance. Yeah. And I also, I've talked about before, I kind of hope they dial back his healing factor a little bit. Yeah. Make it a little less. Where he still heals, but it's not so instantaneous. Right. And he's not completely invincible. So there's actually like danger to him. Uh, that would be cool. And we talked about the possibility of Wolverine replacements. I think Bendis is definitely building up X-23 over an all-new X-Men. So she can kind of be a de facto Wolverine. Of course, she's his clone. And, you know, we have Quentin Quire with his telepathic claws. And I think and that's a little bit of a stretch but it might be an interesting choice. Right. And what about Jubilee? Yeah, Doesn't we have she... Jubilee can can do something, kind of carry on the, the namesake of her mentor, so to speak. And I don't really know what the f- overall fan reaction has been to Raze, but he can always pull a thing where he uh, shapeshifts and like either for good or evil tries to take Wolverine's place. And I think that would be my least favorite idea. It, probably mine too. But like I said, I don't know what the overall fan reaction to his character is. I haven't really heard much chatter about him. Anyway, those are uh, overall thoughts. Like I said, end of the day, I just want a good story. So as long as the miniseries is compelling, then, you know, I'll take his death in stride and we'll we'll just focus on flashback episodes. (laughs) I just, as an advertiser or someone in advertising, I just, I feel like he's not going to die or he is going to die. I think he's going to die. I think it's going to be like a supernatural at the end of every season of supernatural. Somebody dies. And then at the beginning (laughs) of the next season, they get pulled out of hell or pulled down from heaven or wherever it is that they are. And so they can fight again another day. Yeah. And that's how I feel like this is going to play out. I think he's going to die. And while they don't have to, I hope they elect to make his kind of presence. I actually feel his absence. I, th- He's I hope, gonna be the ghost. I hope that's the choice they make. Oh, we know there's gonna be tons of 
<laughs> you have to buy so many comics. I'm just people like Requiem from Wolverine in Fantastic Four. I've never been in this. No, he has. He has yeah. been in that book, but still, not in a long time. Yeah. And um, but they'll be like, oh, I remember Wolverine. Oh, we miss Wolverine. Let's go to the funeral to Wolverine. No, so, he's gonna be like Harry Potter. He's gonna so, be one of those. So October, that... I'll have to buy like every Marvel book because they'll all talk about the death of Wolverine. <laughs> You do that, baby. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's that. So uh, I say uh, let's get to comics. Sure. All right. Okay, so first up we have Wolverine number nine, Three Months to Die, part two, Games of Deceit and Death, part two of two. Part two of two. <laughs> Written by Paul Cornell, art by Chris Alka, David Curiel as the colors, VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! does the letters and then Steve McNiven and Laura Martin did the cover and the cover is kind of continuing from last episode or last issue it's just Wolverine's fist with his claws but the bottom claw is a uh, shattered and there's like blood coming out of his knuckle and his gloves starting to be ripped up a little bit I really love this cover and I think it's really cool I just wish it would have said two months to die I, I think, think the, the impact... next one will say two months to die yeah but just with this cover and one blade breaking off and there only being two blades yes they could have saved this cover for yeah, next time yeah it could have been a whole lot better <laughs> anyway I think it's a pretty cool cover I think it's weird as adamantium claws are shattering but i think it's more of an effect than an actual like this is what's going to happen yeah so i will say it is a cool cover i just i think it's bad timing okay fair enough okay so remember um wolverine is at the temple of death on holiday in japan and he's basically come to try to conquer his fear of death. He's going to sit down with death and have a conversation saying you're not so scary they're gonna sip tea and eat crumpets yeah something like that <laughs> Actually, I think it's going to be blood and flesh, but whatever. <laughs> so Death is still being uh, kind of snarky. She talks about how Thanos is kind of a stalker. But anyway, but she says, I don't normally like worship, but in your case, if you really want me, let's do it. We have a, a bed with a skull on it. And purple velvet sheets. Yeah, she takes off her hood and there's a skull and she tries to mug down with Wolverine. Ew. <laughs> So outside, Shang-Chi and Iron Fist are fighting the hand. They're having a good time. Iron Fist cracks a big smile as he's busting up hand ninjas. Then we go back to Sabretooth's secret base. And he goes up to Pinch. It's a secret. Secrets. He goes up to Pinch and he says, All right, give it, hand it over. Give me the orb. And she's like, no, you need me. And he's like, no, um, offer told me that you can't work it anymore. So I'm just going to take it. Yeah, sorry. I'll beg for your life. I might show you some mercy. Then we go back to the temple, and Wolverine says, I don't worship you. And Death says... Meaning, you're not my type. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Most awkward kiss ever. And Death says, then that should tell you something. You didn't want that giant robot to crush you. You froze not because you were chasing me, but because you were afraid of me. And Wolverine says, well, then why couldn't I call on help to grab Sabretooth? If I'm afraid, wouldn't I have used help? And she's like, no, you hate being scared of me. And you feel that not fighting him yourself is giving in to your fear. And she talks about how she's good at pop psychology. No, she calls it, what does she say? Psychology hoo-ha. Psychology hoo-ha. Yes, death. You've been around for the ages, and that's the word you use? (laughs) 
Psychology hoo-ha. Well, anyway, I actually like this sentence. She goes, decades ago, you forgot who you were, so you invented a new person to be, a new set of values. With the help of Xavier and Summers and that annoying Phoenix thing, you made up the superhero you wanted to be. Then you remembered and realized you never lived up to your code, not from the first. So you let your honor slip, and she gives him a goblet, and he starts to drink it. I like how she drinks it, and it goes right through, and just falls out the bottom of her chin. Yeah, and right through her kimono and down her leg. Right. She tells Wolverine it's the blood of all his victims, and he gets pissed and throws it down. Then why do you want to remind me of the people I've killed? How does that help me get past the fear? And she brings up Dawkins and says, um, basically she says, I know what killing him did to you. What killing that father in front of his son back in two volumes the ago and Wolverine number first, one. Yeah. Yeah, the first Paul Cornell issue. I had to think about that one when yeah. I read that line. And she gets on her phone, which is her hand. With an antenna. Yeah. And uh, she basically calls for someone from the afterlife. And Wolverine's like, oh, it's someone I killed, isn't it? And then <laughs> I love Death's face as Rose it was shows like, up. Ta da! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shang-Chi and Iron Fist are fighting with some hand ninjas sneak up the stairs. Okay, there's a flaw in that what? page. Because a couple of pages back when the hand ninjas come in, they're like, won't the demons help us? And they're like, no, not unless they try to run up the stairs. And then two hand ninjas run up the stairs, run up and, the don't stairs get and don't get attacked. You're right. All right, so Rose then slaps Wolverine and says, you killed me. You're out of control. You're a monster. I'm in this ghosty, deathy thing. I want to live. And I can't sleep. I want to live. I love how she says she can't sleep. She's dead. The yeah, dead well, don't she sleep. Said it feels like a dream. A life that feels like some sort of dream. Like it's not real. She's not substantive. And she goes, at least if you had changed because of killing me, that you learned a lesson, then I can, I can like deal with that. But you never did. James, where is my friend? Which that's got to cut into the bone, the adamantium bone. And then we have some more stuff with Sabretooth and Pinch. All right, so then back in the temple, Wolverine, Wolverine takes off his shirt and shows Rose his rose. Now I know why I got his this. new tattoo. He says it's not to remember your life, but also your death. Every rose has a thorn. <laughs> yes. He says it reminds me that's where I started. If I keep that in mind, that I did that, and that I'll always regret it, maybe I can put some new values together to go forward instead of just running away from the guilt. I'll be Wolverine 2.0. And Rose says if you can do that, I might be able to forgive you and not be such a bad ghost. Or vindictive. And Death says, no one thank me for getting this little get-together. Is Death smoking a cigarette? Is that smoke coming out from behind Death? Or is that just a weird shadow? Yeah, I think it's part of her bed. Oh, okay. She's still sipping on the blood of Wolverine's victims. Oh, yay. I do like all the floating candles. Really, That's a nice touch. So the hand comes in, and Rose disappears, and Death says, you can't kill anybody, I'm still on holidays, and Wolverine punches a hand ninja, and then one tries to stab him, and so Wolverine kills him. Anyway, because Wolverine kills one, it messes up the reality, and another person accidentally comes back, and it's Fuel from Wolverine's ragtag team of bandits. And um, he tells Wolverine what's going on. He says, Sabretooth killed me. He took Pinch and the Lost Boy. And I know you were undercover, but I know you had real feelings for us. You actually liked us. He likes us. He likes us. Eat your mic. He says, Logan, you have to. And then death sends him back. 
And Wolverine's like, what? Death's all yellow, too. Yeah, actually, in this panel, I thought when I was just thumbing three, I was like, well, what's Ghost, Ghost Rider, Rider doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Death kind of spills some philosophy. She goes, everyone fears me, everyone, and doesn't go away. Before your acts of genuine bravery were rare, meaning basically if you know you're not going to die, it's not really brave. Right. To construct a new Wolverine around courage, you'll now have to show it in every fight. Wolverine closes his eyes and opens them and says, yep, I guess so. So now death gives him a kiss on the cheek. Oh, is that what she's doing? Yeah, as Wolverine pulls his, his cowl back on and he leaves. I thought she was and sniffing then, him. Is death breaking the fourth wall here? Is that what this is? Gretchen goes, three months to die, eh? Oh, what a deceitful plan of mine that was. I don't think he's dying. I don't know. It just seemed like they're like making a play on the title, but it didn't really. It was weird. So then Wolverine busts out. And he's like, all right, let's get the hand. And they're they're back to having tea. The hand are gone. Iron Fist and Shang-Chi I get took it. care of them. I get it. What? So there's only two claws. There's really, they're going to, it's going to be like when the doctor goes, I'm going to give you a shot on the count of three. One, two, bink. That's what's going to happen. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Instead of Wolverine dying in September, he's going to die in August. <laughs> I don't think so. They're going to pull the plug no. early. And then what, what's the whole miniseries going to be about? No, uh, not going to happen. It's going to be um, like the movie or the show. Can I say I really like Chris Alka's cow? You're cutting me off. <laughs> I really think I like his cow. So Wolverine says he's going to make a fresh start. And the first thing he does is dump all the hand ninja bodies on Sabretooth's little aircraft carrier. No, Wolverine doesn't do that. Death does that. Death calls Wolverine darling all the time in their conversations. And when the hand ninjas well, fall out of the sky. Wolverine says darling too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if in this issue I don't remember, but he does say it. Yeah, but even the guys say so-and-so moved the temple. where Because Wolverine asked where all the hand ninjas. Wolverine didn't do it. Oh, I was wondering how he wrote all that. Yeah, I guess you have to, you must be right. I didn't catch that. I'm right. That's what you get. And the same two says message from an old enemy. Like yes, because Sabretooth can't die. Sabretooth can't die. And so Death and Sabretooth are enemies because Death can't have Sabretooth. Hmm. All right. And then Sabretooth says, Logan's still alive. He's going to come after us. But he has to go to the place that matters most in the superhero business, which, of course, is New York City. Of course. New York City. Yeehaw. He says, this time, God will be born in New York City. And he's looking out over his vehicle his little space aircraft carrier thing i guess it's kind of like a helicarrier so is death trying to intimidate sabertooth then i think so he's gonna kill you and sabertooth's like "Uh uh-uh i think you know what maybe death started all this i'm gonna i'm gonna pit these two guys against each other and one of them's gonna die well it's gonna be the one without a healing factor obviously obviously or Uh, maybe this whole i don't know but i think it's death who dropped the hand i I think you're right i just didn't catch it all right, what do you think of the art? Love the art. However, yes, there's too. an asterisk on that with okay. a small disclaimer at the bottom. All right. I'm disappointed in death. Why? I just felt like a skeleton was so death cliche. And that's how death has been in Marvel since the late 60s. Yeah, I just think it's cliche. I kind of... You can't change it, though. No, but... So as we were reading this, I kept hoping that death was Rose... Or it took on Rose's form. 
to be like, I, death has no form. So we take on the form that you're most afraid of. And then, of course, it would be Rose. Yeah, but in the Marvel Universe, death does have a form. And I don't think she's a shapeshifter. No, I just, I don't know. When I saw the skeleton, I went, <sighs> so unoriginal. Okay. I don't see what that has to do with the art, though, because he has to draw the character the way it looks. I know. But, okay, wait a minute. Let's back it up here. Every artist has their own take. Yes. On their costume, on whatever. I think the skeleton looks cool for a skeleton. You can say you don't like that it is a skeleton. I don't like the cell phone hand, and Mm -hmm. I don't like... (laughs) That she lays on a chaise lounge of bones, like, and purple velvet. I don't like that. You're going to be it's death like, on holiday. You might as well have a bony couch. Yeah. Ugh. I thought it was fine. I don't know. I just, I thought certain parts about death was, was cliche. Otherwise, I love the art. I thought yeah, it was great. I thought the art was fantastic. And that, again, Aku was really good at action and facial expressions. Yes. They're sometimes exaggerated, but they convey the emotion really well. All right. So the story, besides, I'm not sure how I feel about cheeky death. Uh, death did have some bad, like. <laughs> but other than that, I thought the story was pretty awesome. Yeah. I didn't like how horny death seemed. <laughs> yeah. I don't see death as a horny, like, woman. Do you? I don't know. (laughs) I feel like some of this, we've kind of been down this road before, but I felt like this was kind of Cornell's thesis on where Wolverine is right now. Yeah. And this is the main idea portion of the story. Um, You know, talking about Wolverine, like, he lost his memory, and he tried to kind of live up to this code with the X-Men, and then he got his memory back and realized he's not this hero he thought he was trying to be and he got discouraged and you know kind of back and forth yeah but isn't that every hero i mean even in your own life you can say i want to be this and i want to achieve to always or strive to always do this and you're always it never fails you're gonna falter at some point and then you're gonna blame yourself because you faltered and then like three days later you're gonna hear a song read something inspirational on facebook and all of a sudden be like i got my mojo back yeah, I mean, I think everybody has ups and downs for sure. I think this is more of a thing of Wolverine trying to figure out if who he was trying to be was even who he really was. Like, it's more of an identity crisis than uh, anything else, I guess. I like, I like where it's all going. I feel like this is turning into a really good Wolverine story after all. I'm on the fence. I'm... I do feel like it's weird because we're talking about him turning over a new leaf. And this is kind of going back to... I'm a a little bit worried about the death because I feel like we're heading to a place where the death doesn't really make sense. Oh, yeah, I can see that happening. But maybe they'll just say, oh, I turned this new leaf, found out who I was, and had to sacrifice myself because of that. Which, you know, that can happen. Yeah. So, all right, anyway, when are you going to grade Wolverine number nine? Um... I'm going to give it three out of six, middle of the road, just because the art was stellar. Death was a little horny and cheeky, and eh, I don't know. It's just, for me, it was a middle of the road story. All right. We're going to be incredibly different on this book. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to give Wolverine number nine, six out of six claws. Wow. The art was fantastic. I thought the characterization of Wolverine and Sabretooth were both fantastic. I thought there was some good drama. There was some good insight into Wolverine's character and motivation. Yes, Cheeky Death, I'm I'm unsure about, but there wasn't enough of a detraction to take away from the overall story. Like the role she played was still interesting, even if I didn't like every line of dialogue. 
Wolverine being confronted with Rose was interesting and, and the whole way that the fuel is kind of a mystery. Like there was something else he was going to say. Right. And we don't know what it was. Maybe it was about the spear, probably, but we don't know for sure. I like the way that he kind of said, you know what? I know you like wronged us, but I also know that you can get it for the quote unquote right reason. So I still trust you. Like I'm, I'm still trying to, to help you and I want you to help us because I know you care and you'll go back and try to save them. Right. Maybe you had ulterior motives in the beginning, but I know that part of it at least was real. Yeah. thought that was cool. I even didn't mind Shang-Chi and Iron Fist that much. I felt like they were filler. A little bit. And I didn't like the mistakes with the hand running up the stairs and nobody attacking them. That part was kind of weird, yeah. But So there's a couple of problems, I guess. Maybe I should only give it a five, but I'm going to stick with my... uh, Six out of six squads, just because I'm really excited to see where Cornell's story is going, and then we'll we'll figure out whether I'll be excited about the death after that or not. <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm invested in this story, so I feel good about it. Okay, next up we have and the X Men with Wolverine and the X Men number five. This is Tomorrow Never Learns, Chapter Five, Chekhov's Gun, written by Jason Latour. Art by Mahmoud Azrar and Matteo Lali, or Loli. Colors by Israel Silva. Letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. And Azrar and Gracia, uh, Marte Gracia, that is, did the cover. And on the cover, we have... Um, crotch shot. What? Backwards crotch shot. So a butt shot? Um, yeah, butt shot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have a classic action pose of the... Um, antagonist with his back to us and we see through his legs and we see our protagonist in this case it's uh, Clint Eastwood from the good the bad and the ugly <laughs> facing off against Evan and Phantom X it's a pretty cool cover if I knew how to make like old Clint Eastwood type western sounds <laughs> that's exactly what I was trying to do <laughs> that doesn't sound right <laughs> no you need to sound more like a bird can't do it Anyway, it's a pretty cool cover. It is a cool very cover. classic. You he has see a this very, pose a lot. He has a uh, kid apocalypse has a very kid like I'm gonna beat you up. Pose. And defiance. Yes. Yeah. It looks like if Ethan wanted to get in a boxing pose. And he's, he looks like he's wearing an Easter suit. Yes. <laughs> he has a suit and tie, but then he's wearing shorts he's and like socks. He's like the the guy from ACDC. Angus Young. Yes. Yeah. I remember we're all dealing with the Phoenix cult and they're coming back trying to uh, kickstart one various future or another where Evan definitely grows up to be Apocalypse and Quentin Quire grows up to be the Phoenix and they fight. To the death. Yep. So we start off in West Texas. U.S. of A. And we have a wrecked semi and a bunch of dead ninjas and motorcycles Mm. and a tiger. And Dupe is helping Willie Nelson. And Willie Nelson gives him the key to his truck. It's called Sugar Mama. Yeah. And we see Dupe on an American motorcycle, like, uh, what's that movie with um, Peter Fonda? Easy Rider, right? Oh. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so we have a really badass-looking tiger. Too bad Dupe's there. And then we go back to the Jean Grey school where Suck Dynasty has been attacking the students. And they come up with a plan. They've uh, used No Girl, 
use the brain in the jar to use Cerebro to mask them from Suck Dynasty. And Nature Girl is going to send all the animals after him. In the atrium, Phantom X remembers the first time he killed uh, one of the Apocalypse clones. And he sees Evan going to fight Suck Dynasty himself. Then we go back to the Phoenix Corporation HQ, where um, Young is... uh, Young again? Yeah. He's talking about the Phoenix to Wolverine. He has Wolverine captured. And then Cyclops with this busted up optic blast bust through the wall in a very awesome panel. It is very awesome. I like it a yep. lot. Yeah, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. That's still cool to say, right? No. <laughs> anyway, Quentin Choir brought Cyclops there. And um, he basically uh, gives every, paints everybody a mental picture of how he's been lied to. And he basically says that there's A, B, and C, and A is now, and B is the future where... Um, where he kills Evan. Yeah, the Phoenix showed him killing Evan, and then C is Tupacalypse How, which is the future where Apocalypse ruins Suck Dynasty's life. They can't both coexist, so somebody's lying to him. Uh, that's right. I think I don't know if he's realizing that all these futures are like just one possible, if like that's what he's dealing with, or if he feels like the whole thing's a lie. I don't know. But he basically says Apocalypse isn't the problem, it's Phoenix. So then Suck Dynasty and Phantom X fight and some really cool art. Oh, I like yeah. the way uh Phant- Ezrar draws Phantom X jumping behind D- Suck Dynasty and uh their fight's pretty uh pretty nice. Pretty action packed. They're fighting for they're fighting for the world. Not our world, but the little world that Phantom X has, where he keeps the things. The snow globe. Yes. And Phantom X tries to shoot him, but I guess he runs out of bullets. When he cuts off uh, Suck Dynasty's metal arm. In a very cool panel. Yep. And then Boy shoots him, and that's when Nature Girl's animals, her army of birds arrives and takes out the bamps. And Suck Dynasty... Ivy knocks him out with the ice axe, and we see her fire coming out, and she's she's burning. So we go back <laughs> to the Phoenix headquarters, and the Cyclops is grinning from ear to ear because the Phoenix cult is worshiping him. Because you know what? He's the guy that laid the Phoenix. <laughs> and Quentin Quire has run off with the young inside his mind, and basically, or no, I'm sorry. No, into McCoy's office. Yeah. And he basically gets in this time platform, which I thought was broken. There is caution tape and some orange cones. Yeah, they haven't been able to send the all-new X-Men back to their time. So... But I guess he can still go in the future. So they go in the future from the little time platform. And Choir says, you take me straight to me, capiche? Anything screwy, and I swear I'll throw myself in front of the first bus I see and make sure Quentin Choir doesn't live to see the future. I'm confused. He basically says, if you try to uh, double-cross me, I'll just end this whole situation. Yeah, but I don't even understand why they're going to go see old Quentin Quire. They're not. They're going to see future Quentin Quire. Okay. But why is he going to see future Quentin Quire? To get answers. He feels like he's being lied to, possibly by himself. Yeah, from himself. The Phoenix is lying to him. He doesn't know if the Phoenix through his future self is lying and if so like why like what's the motivation so he's basically asking the enemy to prove that they're right he needs to go see himself and try to get to the bottom of what he his future self is doing and why he's doing it okay he says if you double cross me 
I will kill my current self and future self will never exist and do all the things you wanted to do. Okay. That's kind of brilliant. Not really. <laughs> it's all time travel hijinks. I need my org chart. Yeah. Flow chart. All right. So Cyclops tells Wolverine that Choir is his student. He trusts you. You got to trust him back. And they laugh about how uh, Wolverine called his favorite Banff Chuckles. They say, well, Maggot was taken. Hmm, I wonder who had Maggot. Maggot was one of the worst X characters ever. <laughs> Is it like dupe? He had two little, like, worms, like robotic worms that came out of his arms, and they were called Eeny and Meeny. Are you And saying? they devoured things. Did they eat garbage? They ate everything. Gross. They were the billy goats of the X universe. <laughs> I like how this... <laughs> Three billy goats, crap. I like how the Bamf, is, you know, like he's talking, he goes, Bamf, 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 Bamf. Like he's a Bam Bam from uh, the Flintstones. I've always thought the Bamps were like Bam Bam. Yeah, kind of. All right, so Cyclops tells Wolverine to skedaddle. He's got something to take care of here. And then we just see like this big red line, which I'm assuming is Cyclops kicking major ass. I was confused because he, well, he goes, I've got something to see here. To see two here. Oh, to see two like, here. I got something I got to take care of. Because all these Phoenix guards are like realizing, oh, wait. So then uh, Storm, Lightning Blast, Suck Dynasty, Wolverine shows back up. Phantom X gets the world, but uh, Suck Dynasty says it doesn't matter. He knows where Evan is. And he's put an army inside the world. I guess that's where the crack is. Somehow he got all these... Monsters inside there? I don't really understand that part. No, but on the page before it, Wolverine says, idjit. Huh? On the page before it says, chuckles. You idjit. I don't know. I love that word. (laughs) All right. So Ivy takes the Banff with her, and she uh, jumps into the time cube. And Wolverine is like, oh, crap. Because she burns him so he can't follow her. All right. So what did you think of the art? The art was fantastic. As usual. Azrar was made to draw this book. Yes. However, the story, uh, I'm so confused. It's a little confusing. It's a little um, convoluted feeling. Felt it like had gotten really good. Now I'm not real sure where it's going anymore. It's not bad. No, but it's, it jumps around a lot. Yeah. So I'm having a hard time, like, this is going to sound bad. I'm having a hard time keeping up. But I, they're throwing things out here, like the whole choir's got to go talk to choir. Right. And if future choir does this, then C can't happen. I don't, I don't know. I felt like this one. And then ID, like ID wants to, she tells Wolverine, it's the questions that scare me, not the answers. Right. So where is she, what is she doing? She's going to go try to save everybody, I think. Well, uh, why did the BAMF take her there? Because even Wolverine was like, where are you going? Like, to the BAMF. So... The BAMF knows something, I guess. I Yeah. There's just a lot of stuff I'm really, really confused. Yeah. All right. Well, what are you going to grade Wolverine and the X-Men number five? I'm going to give it a four out of six, but the majority of that is based on art. All right. I want to say colors, also fantastic. Yes. Silva, our uh, co- 2013 Wolvie Award winner, colorist. Yes. And doing a bang-up job in this book. This book looks exactly like it should. Oh, yeah. Like, 
it just it fits the tone of this this book and this cast of characters perfectly. It just it looks perfect. Well, um, and I like it's bright when it needs to be bright. Yes, and it's dulled down when it needs to be, but it's not overly moody, right? Or underplayed or anything like that. Yeah. I'm also going to give it four out of six claws. I'm curious enough and interested enough in what might, may or may not happen in the future to still enjoy it, but in and of itself, it wasn't the best chapter of the story. No. All right, cool. Let's move on. Moving on. I shot the Watcher, but I did not shoot Nick Fury. (laughs) That's right. It's time for an original sin update. Update, update. This just in. But before we get to that, I want to point out uh, we got a, a tweet from a at Tokyo Tranny Boy, which, by the way, is one of my favorite Twitter handles in all of the Twitterverse. I was going to try to shorten it, but I can't. No, it's perfect. Why would yeah. you shorten it? Well, because I was going to say... What is wrong with you? Because I was going to say, hi, Tranny Boy, but... TTB. Oh. <laughs> TTB. Hi, yeah. TTB. That's horrible. Don't ever say that again. <laughs> I sound like a you, valley girl. You sound like a douche. You're my BFF. <laughs> TTY. Anyway, um, he commented on how much he loved Denise's uh, jingle. Because it's awesome. Sin. And I told him I was glad because we love it too. And he also said that you and I had great chemistry, which well, I'd hope so. I'm you glad it me. shows. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it helps in the marriage and the podcast. That's right. We <laughs> like each other. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, um, thanks for the tweet at Tokyo Training Boy. I appreciate it. And he's he's been a great fan on Twitter too. He's uh, and he's a good friend. So. And I have to apologize to him because he um sent me a Twitter friend request, and I accepted it. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> what he doesn't know is that you only post about working out. <laughs> So have fun with that. <laughs> You'll watch all the miles I run and all the workouts that I do. Yep. I should have a disclaimer. You are welcome you know, to you follow just, me on Twitter. You just need a separate Twitter for the podcast. Yeah. You're, you're, you're all welcome to follow me on Twitter. I will knock you into shape. Yeah, that's right. She'll if be you your, want to. She'll be your drill sergeant. That's right. Anyway, original sin number four of eight. Trust no one. No one. Or secret warriors. There's two titles. Well, Trust No One's on the cover, but Secret Warriors is the name of the chapter. Secret. So has this been the year before this? Yeah, like, the Romans 623. Yeah. They left off the preposition. I thought that was funny. <laughs> because the verse is, is for the wages of sin is death, and they, for some reason, felt that was a word too long. Well, if they were trying to center it, yeah. Okay, whatever. Whatever you and your design stuff. That that thing you do. Yeah. That thing you get paid to do. Every Doodle. time you do that thing you do. Oh my goodness. Anyway, this is written by Jason Aaron. Art by Mike Diodato. Colors by Frank Martin. Letters by VCs Chris Eliopoulos. And the cover by Julian Tatino Tedesco. Oh my goodness, that was a mouthful. Another great cover, and this time, uh, so our S on the sin still makes a big shadow. Love it. But this time there's more detail. Uh, we have Bucky above it with his little, uh, we think he's speaking in, like, you know when Aquaman talks to the fishies? He has a little sonar circles around his head? Yeah. Yeah, so apparently Bucky can talk to the fishies as well. Yeah, but isn't 
this similar to the other ones that yes, they've done? Yes, it's just the first time that struck me that way. Oh. Anyway, so on the cover we have a uh, one of those little uh, electric light lightning balls that were really cool when you're when you're a teenager. And the little Fireflies? globe, and it like shoots little light. When you touch it, it like shoots little lightning to your fingers. Oh, the um, and it makes your hair stand up on end. I don't know if it really does that or not. And there's not much static in it. Yeah, it, yeah. the isn't it called an uh? Anyway, we got one of those on the cover, and Hulk and Wolverine are chasing it, and uh, Doctor Strange is putting the whammy jammy on the Hulk, and the Punisher is shooting Wolverine. Not a bad cover. Nope. Nice and action-packed. So remember, the uh, eyeball released everybody's secrets, and then Bucky killed Nick Fury. And there's a giant, like, we're going to go back to the yeah. page that has all the characters on it. There's a great, like, X drawn through Nick Fury's yeah, head. Yeah, like a paintbrush. Yeah. Like, yeah. oops. In red. We took him out. Yep. All right, so we start off somewhere beyond our dimension. Uh, the Punisher does not. Can I point out the Watcher is not X'd out? Oh, he's just, he's hanging out. Mm-hmm. Let's see. There, there are other watchers. Yes, but I'm assuming that's the watcher who had his eyeball removed. Yeah, probably so. Anyway, the Punisher does not like how sassy Doctor Strange is being. And they're talking about how they've both been lied to. Everyone's been lied to. The Bucky goes to the blue area of the moon. He has the watcher's eye on one waist. And Nick Fury's head in his hands. He's uh, running around looking for his boss, his secret boss. The Black Panther takes his team into space from the center of the Earth. Wolverine and Hulk find Nick Fury's body. Gross. His Wolverine. hands all taken off and his head's gone. He's yep. bloody. Yep. And uh, Wolverine, <laughs> he determines that, uh-oh, Bucky was here. And then Wolverine says something weird. He says, thought he was dead. That made me scratch my head because now I'm racing through my mind trying to think Did if Wolverine Bucky has encountered Bucky since he came back from life. Well, because he it's also been a few says, years, but they don't exactly always run in the same circle, so I don't know. Yeah, but he also says, and never liked him much when he was alive. Well, yeah, Wolverine's really old, remember? I know, but so it, he it does. Known him it when makes he was him... in World War II. Okay, I'll buy that one. Yeah. Anyway, Doctor Strange and Punisher show up. It's not what it looks like. Yeah. There's no blood on my claws. Because, you know, everyone's a hero here, so they automatically assume that Wolverine and Hulk killed Nick Fury. Well, you do have a giant green guy leaning over a dead guy. Right, but they just showed up. Why can they not think that someone else could just show up? Well, there's no blood dripping from Wolverine's claws. Let's use our problem solving here, people. And, you know, I can can see Doctor Strange jumping the gun because he's kind of a moron. But sorry to all the Doctor Strange fans out there. Tell us how you really feel. Not a big fan. Um, anyway, but Punisher is like, you know, a smart soldier. Like, he wouldn't pick up the clue that there was no boy. And Wolverine's not the kind of uh, killer to go around with a handkerchief wiping down his claws after every strike. Hulk, give me a piece of your tattered clothes. Right, yeah. Let me borrow those purple pants. <laughs> it won't even stain. But anyway, uh, Doctor Strange... Contrary to the cover, we get the opposite of the cover. So he puts the whammy yeah. jamming on Wolverine and Punisher shoots Hulk with some magic ex- remote-controlled bullets that shoot him out of the building. I like Hulk's response. Well, that's supposed to hurt, little man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Punisher examines the body. He says, no such thing as retired, is there, Nick? Oh, that was funny. And they find uh, the orb. 
and they try to talk to him, but they're wasting time. He just talks gibberish. They hear the Hulk come back. The Punisher is going to shoot the orb. But um, he says, you gotta believe me, guys. You gotta believe me. So Black Panther takes his team of uh, Emma Frost and Ant-Man to a satellite that no one knows about. It has no information. The rocket's computers cannot determine its origin, where it came from, no launch history, nothing. And they come in and um, they realize somebody else is there and it's the Punisher. Hmm. The Punisher and Doctor Strange. And they all determine that, yes, everyone has been lied to. Let's all sit around and talk about the lies. Yeah. And my favorite part is, is it here or is it a page? I think it's a page or two back, so I'll wait. What? Well, basically, Ant-Man and Doctor Strange... Kind of go, so what side are oh, we supposed to be on? a page or two back. I thought you meant, oh. you meant a page or two forward. Oh, sorry. A page, excuse me. A page or two forward. Well, if I knew it was forward, I would have said, yes, do wait until we get there. If oh. you said it was back, I said, let's go ahead and go to it. Through the magic of editing, this conversation will never happen. <laughs> That's what you think. But then they see Bucky holding a giant eyeball and Nick Fury's head. He jumps down all hunky-dory. I like how he's grabbing the eyeball by the... the is that a vein? That's like your... What's yeah. the little thing that connects the eyeball to your eye socket? Um, we'll call it a vein? Sure. Or is it your retina? Or a ligament. Is that the retina? I don't know. Probably. I ain't no biology major. Shoot. I only studied pre-med for two sem- or a semester. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bucky tells him to stand down. There's nothing to be gained from fighting each other, and he holds the head up. And Gamora shows up with Moon Knight, and they're super pissed because Bucky blew up their ship and ran away to leave them stranded on the moon. Darn so Bucky. So Gamora's going to kill him. But he holds up the head, and she hits the head, and guess what? It's not Nick Fury's head. It's a life model decoy. Oh, my goodness. Can I just uh, point out, I love the way Diodato, I love his art in general, but I really like the way he draws Black Panther, which I mentioned before. And I really like his Moon Knight. He should do a team-up book of Black Panther and Moon Knight, and I would buy the shit out of that book. Can we call it Ying and Yang? No. <laughs> we can call it Ebony and Ivory. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Ebony. And I'm a re- oh, and Rocket Raccoon shows up and makes fun of the Punisher. I do like that guy. Yep. Anyway, so Kamora slices Nick Fury's head, and it's, it sparks. So it's a robot. It's it- a life model decoy. Now, why did it not spark when the head was first removed? Maybe it did, or maybe he hit. She hit the chip because Bucky said he used the chip in the head to find the satellite. How did Bucky know that there was a chip? How did Bucky know that this was a life model? Man, did he, he just kind of take just a that guess? Good. He figured something out at some point. I'm going to cut off your head and see if there's a computer chip in there. Uh, no, thanks. I like my head. I'll anyway, put it back. Then Old Man Fury comes out with a bunch more life model decoys. Okay, so, so got, he is supposed to be older. I guess so. So is all that stuff about him getting uh, a partial super soldier serum BS? Like Looks like it. But he hasn't been aging the whole time because he'd be even older than that. Because he's from World War II. He looks pretty old, babe. If you're Maybe your, it's the angle. If you're in your 30s in World War II, you'd still be over 100. I don't think this guy... This guy's old, but he's not over 100. Maybe he's a spry 100. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you that. If he does a jig, then I'll believe you. He does have a cane. 
Yes. So. So anyway, uh, yeah. So old man Nick Fury. So what do you uh, what do you think about this? The art I thought was pretty amazing. I thought the art was good. I I. You you've been on top of this story. What are you losing it on this one? This one lost me. I think part of it was because people were like, "Whose side are you on?" I don't know. Whose side are you on? Does it really matter what side we're on? Right. We're lied to. How do you know you're lied to? What? Yeah. I love how superheroes who work together all the time. Like the minute they're like, oh, we probably shouldn't trust somebody. Well, I trust not you. Yeah. Not it. <laughs> no. Or, <laughs> yeah. Or what gets me is they, they pair up people that don't seem. Well, that was on purpose. That was, yeah. That was whoever. I'm assuming something we to assume, because I think we are. Because I remember I told you the guy in the shadow looked kind of like he had a shield uniform. That was probably a life model decoy. So the mysterious boss, I'm going to assume, is old Nick Fury. So you were kind of right. Jeans. Yes, I was, actually. Yeah. Ha-ha, score one for me. Yeah. All right, well, uh, when are you going to grade original sin number four? What have my last ones been, like fives? They've all been fives, yeah. Yeah, this one's not going to get that high. This one's going to be like a four. Four out of six claws for Denise. Yeah. It just, it lost me in certain places, and then I got confused, and then when they threw the whole life model decoy, it I, it was like, what? Couldn't they have figured this out before? Wouldn't there have been sparks? Wouldn't there have been clues? Wouldn't Wolverine, when he's leaning over the body, notice that there's electrodes sticking so out? So do life model decoys smell like the real person? I think that's been addressed in continuity before, but I can't remember. If anybody remembers... Hit us up on Facebook or email or Twitter and let me know if life model decoys have the original smell of the person. And like, do can they, they fool people like Wolverine and Sabretooth and all that? Like, I'm okay, I'm guessing they have blood because we've already experienced yeah, a yeah. life model decoy who was shot. And they have a fake heart, I think. I mean, th- it, I mean he actually killed this life model decoy. They can die. Right. But, like, when they stuck the sword through his head, it buzzed and chipped like there's obviously some sort of mechanical something or other that works with it and so i don't know the fact that it's missing a head wouldn't that kind of be a clue that you know the spinal cord's made out of metal i don't know i don't think they're made out of metal i don't remember i don't know and just this is only the second time i've come across the whole life model decoy thing so i find lots of flaws oh okay but that's just me. That is just you, probably. That, and I thought the eyeball had a weird thing for the eyeball. What do you mean? The Mr. Eyeball. And the orb? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, orb has, like, this weird, like, <clears throat> cocaine fetish with the watcher's eyeball. He's like, I gotta, oh, yeah, I gotta yeah. touch it. Right, right. I gotta yeah. touch it. Yeah, he's can I touch it? <laughs> can I feel right. it? Can I hold it? Can I sniff it? Can I hug it? Can I, can I give it a name? Right. All right, so I'm going to give um, Original Sin number four. We'll go four out of six claws. I feel like it's being a little generous. But um, the art was great. The story is good. I'm not loving it, to be honest. But I don't, it's not bad. I kind of feel like it needs I'm to gonna start coming. I'm going to give it coming. three out of six claws. <laughs> it, it just needs to start coming to some conclusions. Yeah, more needs to happen. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, original sin number five, Wolverine's on the cover, but he's not in the book, so we're not going to really talk about it. Uh, basically, Where's Wolverine? It, Only on the cover. Yeah, basically it just explains that Nick Fury uh, took this job on the side as being like the, the secret protector of the universe. 
<laughs> and there's this satellite that he hangs out in, and he protects everything from everybody. And so he has gotten older, and he has all these life model decoys that he uses. And this is all like the secret life of Nick Fury. And he's okay. still like regular Nick Fury is in control of S.H.I.E.L.D. My question is, though, if he's gotten older this whole time, before we got Nick Fury Jr. Jr., was the, was the white Nick Fury, was that all a life model decoy? Oh, I don't know. Because I mean, they don't really address. They end number five with questions like, I bet you're wondering why I'm older. <sighs> yeah, we are. So tell us. But um, anyway. I shot the Watcher, but I did not shoot Nick Fury. That's right. The award-winning jingle from Denise Venable. Okay, we have our Avengers Spotlight in Uncanny Avengers number 21. This is Avenge the Earth Part 4. Written by Rick Remender, art by Daniel Acuna, colors by Dean White, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, cover by Daniel Acuna, and it's a giant hand and different heroes attacking the hand. It's kind of unimpressive. It's kind of muddy. Tell us how you really feel. No, I like Acuna. I feel like his art has really fit this story. But this cover is just, I don't know, it's just not clear what's going on, really. I don't know. It's not my favorite of his. All right, so remember, we have the Apocalypse Twins who made Planet X, but Kang and his Time Bandits, group of misfits, found a plan to send the consciousness of the Uncanny Avengers back in time so they can unite and defeat the Apocalypse Twins and save the Earth. So, we have a Scarlet Witch and Wonder Man in bed. Getting it on, he said. He said, hey... Let me show you why they call me Wonder Man. And uh, Wolverine and Sunfire and Rogue sneak into sexy time and tell Scarlet Witch and Wonder Man that their plan to trick Iman and bring all the mutants onto the Ark just to fight falls apart and they both end up dying. So unless you like suicide, change plans. Um, then we see the Avengers, of course, back in time, trying to figure out how they're going to defeat the Celestial Executioner, which ends up destroying the Earth. And they're all coming up with all these plans. And Captain America shows up and says, Yeah, you're playing shit. Listen to me. I'll walk you through it. What we need to do is give Rogue all of our powers. Everyone. And Iron Man's like, Rogue? And Cap's like, She's an Avenger. Trust me. So they do. They give Rogue all of their powers. And the Apocalypse twins start yelling at each other because they feel like someone broke through their tachyon dam which was preventing time travel they realize it must be their nemesis king and they say well reaper we've seen the future they're gonna send the wasp to try to break the dam you have to kill her you're like done because she can't kill me she won't and wolverine says well good thing they sent me this time because i ain't got no aversion to killing wolverine and havoc and one of the coolest looking sunfires I've ever seen, show up to kill the Reaper. And we see some random, like, the X-Men are like, uh, what are we going to do? And Beast says, we can't do anything. We must leave it up to the Avengers. Which is stupid, but whatever. So Rogue takes all her combined powers and tries to stop the foot of the Celestial Executioner. And she even hulks up, but she can't do it. It's not working. But Wasp has convinced the Sentry that he must protect mankind and kill mutants. So he must uh, save the Earth from the Executioner. So he gets the other foot and together they do it. Thor gets his God-killer axe and cracks the Celestial open. And it falls and they they save the Earth. So Thor is about to like... Basically he decides the way he's going to justify this. He's going to take all the Celestial energy that's that's kind of expiring out of the Celestial. He's going to transport it 
to a dying star and reignite the star and save a, a solar system that is home to millions. But before he can do this, King shows up and says, oh, you know, this is my plan? Yeah, I tricked you. And uh, future Deathlock Abomination puts him in a, a wrestling hold and flies him into the, the energy. And we're assuming he dies because his helmet, the Thor helmet, bounces back out and falls at King's feet. And then uh, King's time bandits show up at the Avengers and say, oh yeah, you know what? King, yeah, he's going to rule everybody. And King absorbs the celestial energy himself. He says he is drinking in the soul of a god. And now he's not enough to conquer the earth. He will be King, conqueror of the universe. Alright, so like I said, Acuna's art really fits all this kind of apocalyptic story stuff. It, it works really well. Uncanny Avengers has been one of my favorite books going since it started. Um, and this chapter is no letdown. There's a lot of um, kind of twists and betrayals and I, I think we knew that Kang was a scorpion that stings the frog, but still, it was still fun. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how they eventually defeat Kang, who now has the power of a celestial god. But, um, I thought this story was nice and exciting, and can't wait to see how it ends. It's supposedly supposed to finally end next issue, so we'll see. <laughs> it's been going on for a long time. It's just only part four of this section, but the whole story is a lot, lot older than that. Anyway, I'm going to give Uncanny Avengers number 21, six out of six claws. Okay, last up we have our Wolverine Roundup and uh, Sabretooth is kind of in Magneto number 6. This is written by Colin Bunn, art by Javier Fernandez, colors by Dan Brown, letters by VCs, Ah, oh, Denise isn't here. Woohoo! Corey Pettit. And the cover is by Declan Shalvey and Jordi Belair. And this cover is awesome. It's basically a little mountain of skulls. And it's got the Grim Reaper but under the hood instead of a skull. It's uh, the Magneto helmet. And it's really nice. It's all like a midnight blue and black tone and the skulls look awesome grim reaper magneto looks awesome it's just a fantastic cover really really nice so basically magneto is um hunting down the marauders for their crimes against mutant kind he talks about how their mutants preying on their own kind they were used by sinister to be just kind of mur weapons of murder and um he's systematically hunting them down of course we see Sabretooth in their picture at the beginning, but we know that um, Sabretooth is no longer a marauder, or s that's what we think we know anyway. But Magneto is, yeah, he's hunting them down one at a time. We have a really cool flashback sequence, and uh, Javier uh, Fernandez's old-school Sabretooth looks pretty awesome. And I gotta say, the colors in this flashback sequence are amazing. Dan Brown does a great job. Anyway, we see um, uh, the marauders hunting down the Morlocks in the sewers, we're talking about how Sinister, or Magneto talks about how Sinister uses army of pawns. And Magneto talks about how he has had underlings before that followed him blindly. And we see the original Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. We see the Acolytes. And he says he never would turn them against other mutants. I mean, yeah, he fought the X-Men and stuff, but... So anyway, after he finally takes down the, um, the Marauders, we see that, um... Or we find out during the story, if we didn't already know, that when, when the Marauders are killed, Sinister has cells of them all, and he make, just makes new clones are, like, kick-started on their death. So they always kind of exist. They just kind of recycle. 
But Magneto's found a way to uh, kind of reprogram them. So he wasn't just killing them out of revenge, but he's killing them so he can use the clones as kind of his new underlings. And, interestingly enough, on the last page we see all the clones kind of re-cloning in their chest tubes. And uh, there's one of Sabretooth. And of course we know there are Sabretooth clones out there and Sinister would have access to that genetic material, but that's very interesting. Uh, we'll see what kind of Sabretooth works for Magneto. Uh, do note he's in his old 80s costume, so that's kind of cool. But yeah, art's good through most. Some of it looks awesome. All of it looks good. Um, the colors are amazing. Uh, the story's pretty good. This series has been a nice little treat so far. And I'm going to give Magneto number 6, 5 out of 6 claws and that's it for uh, our wolverine roundup all right so that's gonna do it for episode 94 three must to die part two part two yep so please leave an itunes review please. like the facebook page please. follow us on twitter please. at snickcast email snickcastingyahoo.com we're going on vacation yeah, I don't know what's going to be next. <laughs> I meant to get a flashback done before I left, and it did not happen. So you I had a small oral procedure. Well, that doesn't sound right. A small dental <laughs> procedure. And um, He cracked a tooth, folks. We don't have to go into details. Sorry. When you said oral, I felt like I needed to explain. That's why I changed it to dental. I just I could see their minds like running off well, the deep end. All, everyone that listens to this show is a perv, so... <laughs> Anyway, Denise is training for her marathon. That's right. And there's a link on uh, the webpage, which is nickcast.podbean.com. It's in the show notes, where you can also find things like where the episode changes to what issue of comics. So if you like, I I really want to listen to the original Sin part because of that cool song, but I don't really feel like listening to Uncanny Avengers. Well, we'll get the show notes, and you can skip to the part you want. That's right. I suggest just listening to the whole episode. Because it's all amazing. Because of your co-host. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I guess that about covers it. But yeah, so as far as what will be next, I don't know. I'm going to try to get a flashback or two in before we move to two months to die, but we'll see. Cool. Well, until next time, uh, take care. Hugs and snicks. Bye. Bye.